1: Good morning, Neophytes. I hope that you all manage to get at least some sleep. Often it is difficult on Gehemis night. Bad dreams are common, but, to be honest, if that's the worst you experience, then you must count yourself very, very fortunate. There were many screams upon the wind during the dead of night. All were far from here, I might add, though. May more, God of the Dead... Welcome the lost to his bosom. Right then, lads and lasses, let us not dwell on the night, but look to the day and finish the tale of Ivan Jalaba's first expedition into the jungle so that we can get to the secrets that he uncovered in the City of the Gods and really start to delve into the history of our world. If you recall, the expedition had just encountered their first lizardmen soaring high up in the skies above them. This alone had almost panicked the camels into stampeding off, but fortunately the expedition's experienced Tuareg contingent were able to calm the beasts and quickly return order to the caravan. However, before things could turn violent between the lizardmen and the humans below, the aerial scouts disappeared off into the distance back to the conglomerate of stepped pyramids on the horizon, and the expedition continued along the ancient road. Later, the very same day, as Ibn and his eunuch guards were crossing a causeway over a particularly overgrown swamp, more reptilian warriors suddenly swarmed out of the depths of the dense, verdant undergrowth to block their way these lizardmen were of the same type as those they had distantly seen riding the great flying creatures but this was the first time that the arabians had had the chance to see the enigmatic jungle dwellers up close they were quick and nimble and their bright turquoise skin and yellow crests reminded ibn of the tiny sand swimmer skink lizards of the desert and so he dubbed them skinks. They were very organized and quickly formed up in battle lines with the front ranks raising their monster hide shields and pointing their archaic hand weapons at the trespassers whilst the ranks behind hefted up and aimed their javelins at the Arabians. In response the eunuchs of the silent guard too prepared for combat. For the next part I wish to quote from Ibn's journal.
0: The camels halted and the eunuchs stepped forward with their scimitars to form a battle line. I stepped forward myself, making the gestures of peace and friendship of all the desert tribes that I could think of, in the hope that they would recognize one of them. Their leader. Who was bedecked in feathers edged forward towards me. It was I who spoke first. Salam, brother. We come in peace. He spoke to me in his own tongue which I could not understand. It was time to declare the reason for our entry into this land before they decided to attack us. I beckoned bearers to bring forward all manner of good things from the land of Araby and laid them out on the causeway. Then I retreated back to the eunuchs so that the chief of the
1: could examine our merchandise. The cohort's leader? was a skink in a long feathered cloak who had an almost priestly air about him. He moved to the gifts that Ibn had laid out, picking up and inspecting each with a near theatrical display of care and interest. The reason for this was, in truth, obfuscation. He did so in order to draw the attention of the interlopers to the fore, whilst another cohort of what Ibn would later come to call Saurus warriors maneuvered themselves behind the Arabians, cutting off their only escape route. These warriors were almost twice as big as the skinks and possessed thick hides and ferocious biting jaws. They were armed with larger versions of the shields carried by the skinks and wielded long, brutal-looking spears. However. The manoeuvre did not go unnoticed by Hakim, leader of the Silent Guard, who brought it to Ibn's attention. With the Saurus behind in position, the Skink cohort suddenly beat a hasty retreat to reveal a second unit of Saurus warriors, these armed with barbaric hand weapons and shields. Now, both the way ahead and back was cut off and the Arabians were surely about to be massacred. However, the bloodbath failed to materialise. Instead, the cold-blooded warriors simply stood, almost motionless like ancient idols. The burning midday sun became high in the sky and the sounds of the jungle boomed and echoed about them as Ibn waited for the next move. Thank you.
0: discussed our predicament with Hakim. We agreed that it was better to wait, since they did not move to attack us. If they did attack, then he and the eunuchs would try to hack their way back along the road. Either way, we would meet our fate honorably.
1: However, as the sun began to set, the wall of Saurus parted, and a small group of priestly skinks appeared, each bedecked in a mixture of ornate jewelry and decorated with precious stones and rocks, as well as feathers and bones. They also bore arcane artifacts and mysterious scrolls. The lead skink of the group sat upon a palanquin that magically levitated and He addressed Ibn in a tongue that the scholar recognized as the ancient tongue of the tomb kings of Nehachara. Fear gripped Ibn. Were these the minions of some mighty undead lord of the sands? But as he listened, he realized that it was an archaic version of the language, dating back to the time prior to the rise of Nagash, the usurper. Ibn had been one of the few privileged scholars in the Sultan's court who had been allowed to study the country's vast library of ancient Nehaqaran writings. Unfortunately, although Ibn was able to recognise Nehaqaran, he could not speak it. Uttering the words of the language of the undead was forbidden in the land of Araby under pain of death. At length, the skink priest finished speaking. Although Ibn had not responded directly by his body language, the skink realized that he had been understood. The skink had inquired about the state of the realms, their nations, and how the lands lay. From what Ibn could gather, these questions had come from a higher authority than the skink himself. A being that Ibn would later learn was a slan mage priest. In order to answer the skink's queries, Ibn ordered that the trunks containing his charts, mathematical instruments, astrolabe, and compass were brought forth and opened up for the priest to look at. The skink seemed impressed and ordered that all the items were to be carried back to the hidden city for study. The expedition remained where it was under the stern gaze of the Saurus warriors, whilst the skinks, delivered the charts and other items to their slan mage priest lord zuazamul guardian and protector of the hidden city of zatlan however the skink soon returned and ibn and his men too were escorted into the city and here we conclude the first expedition of ibn jalaba although we are not done with him his journeying nor what he found in the depths of the jungle. In our next lesson, we will look at what Ibn observed and learned in Zlatman. The structure of the city, its inhabitants, the hierarchy of their society, and the secrets and peculiarities of the race that we call the Lizardmen. Until then, I bid you adieu. And don't forget, you are the seeds of the future. But without the nourishment of the past, you will wither. Ciao for now.